Welcome to the Kingdom Life Podcast, where we talk about life with God in His kingdom. I'm Connie Willems, and this week we're talking with Liam Bernhard about his journey with God in both prayer and worship. And you probably know Liam from seeing him lead worship on Sunday mornings, but today we're going to hear more of his story that got him there. So, welcome, Liam. Hi, Connie. Thanks for having me. This is fun. You know, I just mentioned earlier that I get the feeling that you've been on a journey with God, and you're at a particular place in time with God, and we're just going to kind of sit by the side of the pathway and talk about what got you to this place and what this place is. Yeah. And I'm actually really intrigued by this (laughs) because I can keep sensing there's something rich going on. Mm -hmm. Um, that's happening behind the scenes, that's funneling into worship, but there's a behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I am too. Hopefully I, hopefully I can, you know, uh, find the words in this moment to really express all the stuff that's happening. Yeah. I think I'm also in that place where I don't even, I don't even know how to put it to words yet because I'm still even experiencing it myself. So it's going to be fun. We're going to, you're going to unpack, we're going to unpack things together today. I feel like you're going to pull stuff out of me. So this will be good. And I actually think it's really good sometimes to sit and talk in the place where we're not sure we have the words and we're not sure how to put things into words and we don't know the outcomes. Cause that says, this is part of it. This Mm -hmm. condition is real Yeah, and we should expect it as, and normalize it. Yeah. And the, the almost, I have a really high value for mystery. Mm. And I think the Holy Spirit is this character of, of mystery, is a person of mystery. And a lot of times unlocking these pieces and, you know, keeping some things hidden and almost this beckoning of, hey, come, come taste and see, come experience. And so I definitely have a lot of that right now where it's yeah. like almost a, I'm on this path, like you said, taking a pause on the path, and it's just foggy. <laughs> I know mm. that Jesus is kind and Jesus is good, but um, I don't know necessarily where I'm going. I don't. I know that I'm going to follow Jesus, whatever it looks like, but I don't fully. Um, I fully. I don't have a full picture of yeah. of what it is that I'm supposed to be doing or where I'm supposed to be, and. So kind of coming back to this rest and peace in, I'm going to be present in today. I'm going to be present here, present where I am, kind of grounding and rooting myself in that reality rather than longing for tomorrow. So To see the entire next yeah, the stretch. Whole, yeah, whatever yeah. that, yeah. the thing that is to be unveiled over time. So. Where did that high regard for mystery come from? <laughs> So I, um, that's a really good question. I, I met Jesus when I was 14. I was in middle school and, um, I had a Holy Spirit encounter. Um, and I was a part of a congregational church, um, kind of, well, how I, I described it as a little bit like loose tie Anglican. Hmm. So it's like, we have some of that liturgy stuff, but there's a Saturday night service called light the fire. 
that was kind of vineyard, like in mm. form and in function. Uh, and then Sunday morning was like Sunday best, liturgy, singing hymns with a choir. So this kind of both worlds thing, but my the youth pastor at the church, First Congregational Church, invited me to go on this mission trip um, to Cincinnati, Ohio, the vineyard in Cincinnati. And um, I had a just absolutely radical encounter with Jesus. Mm. And we were doing these service projects all around the city. We were doing like water giveaways in like the heat of the summer. And everybody was praying for people. And there's this element of this, like the power evangelism piece that is vineyard um, that I didn't have experience in. I didn't really know what that piece was. So I was kind of the oddball of... Hey, have some water. <laughs> like, <laughs> have a, like, have a good day, you know. Um, but in those places, I think the Lord is really stirring me and meeting me. And then the Thursday night worship night, um, I just get, I mean, hit and I'm laying prostrate before the Lord. And um, wait, what were you thinking? W- w- at this moment, when I. Yeah. Yeah. I, You're 14. Yeah, I'm 14. I'm, I'm in eighth grade. Uh, I don't think. Um, thinking wasn't on the table. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think in true like eighth grade boy form, I, I was full on experience. Mm. I was like pedal to the metal. Let's do this thing. And um, yeah, so I hear what I now know as the audible voice of God. And God says to me that you're going to sing for me the rest of your life. Mm. And I'm 14. And so that's been <laughs> this in terms of like, the mystery of Christ, I think it was instilled in me, like in that moment, when I reflect back on that, I'm like, okay, what is that? What is that? It's such an open-ended, like you're going to sing. Right. Okay. So I have this musical realm and passion and this thing opening up to me and just totally hand of the Lord. But what it all looks like is constantly... I'm constantly ping-ponging around in these different spaces of, oh, this is what God means, or this is what yeah. God means. And um, and then I also didn't really have, we had this vineyard flavor in this congregational church, but there was nobody really to help um, foster my experience. So when you came home, did you have nobody to talk it through with? I basically with? had nobody to wow. talk it through with. Uh, I told my dad, um, I was like, Dad, I'm supposed to sing for God. And it was weird because I was like, I don't know. I don't, I, I can't give you, it, there's, there's no logic here right. to offer you. Like, this is my why or this, it's all based out of this experience that I had. Mm. And I feel so strongly that this is like, this is the thing. And, um, and so I've, I learned um, how to listen for that thing in my early age. And so I was basically discipled like uh, through reading the word and just kind of going, what, what does this mean? And just trying to interact with the divine, interact with Jesus, this find this voice again. Um, and it wasn't until actually I moved to, to Oklahoma where I had somebody kind of go, Hey, you know what that thing is? His name is Holy spirit. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I, it kind of, everything clicked for me. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I thought that I was the weird, <laughs> I was this weird, yeah. 
I, you know, reading the prophets, uh, this almost like a, you know, uh, am I like Eli? Like what's going on here? Am I, am I hearing the voice of God? Like what's going on? Am I Elijah? Am I, what, am I a prophet? Like, what does this mean? But then like not knowing, um, how to contextualize it or like how to put it into practice or. Because, you know, you really don't have a context for am I Jeremiah? <laughs> right. Yeah, right, right. There's nobody, there's nobody walking around being like, oh, um, well, here, let me help you with how to be a prophet 101. It's like not necessary. And then I'm from Michigan and where the little town I'm from is, um, has a lot of different worlds in it, but it still is, you know, 20,000 people. Yeah. So it's not a big, it's not a big world context. We don't, we didn't really have, we had a lot of mainline churches. And then we had kind of the seeker-friendly churches, um, but there weren't a ton of kind of the in-between. There wasn't a lot of discipleship happening in terms of, hey, this is how you follow Jesus. Those things weren't really normalized. So you had this experience that introduced you to God's voice and to mystery, and it stayed that way yeah. because there was nobody to help unpack it. Yeah. How old were you when you moved to Oklahoma? So I moved to, oh, I was 20, and I'm not 31. Okay. I was 20. So yeah, so I've been here for over a decade. And um, yeah, I'd say that the discipleship and walking with Jesus has, I mean, that Ephesians 4 piece of equipping the saints Mm. has been my interaction with the church of Oklahoma. Yeah. It's like, Hey, we want to teach you how to do it. (laughs) We want to, these things that you thought and these things that you experienced were real. And how do we, how do we build on that? And how do we build on the legacy of other people around you? And how do you encourage people through prophetic words and all this stuff? Yeah. So so you're not just groping around on your own. When were you first aware of prayer? Oof. Um, so this is always a, it's really funny. My, my wife, uh, gets after me a lot with prayer because I, I have this, um, I think I just have an ongoing dialogue Hmm. in just kind of my person, um, that feels, it feels like an internal conversation with God where no matter what I'm doing, no matter what's going on, I'm just turning, I just turn back. And I have moments where that's not on or, or I'm listening to my own internal voices and I'm, you know, I'm getting frustrated or whatever, but uh, it's, that's that, that's the place where I think prayer has kind of emerged out of is this, okay, Jesus, what are you doing? What am yeah. I, what's happening yeah. in me? What am I experiencing? What are these emotions or especially when stuff feels really haywire and you're like, okay, God, what's, what's going on? So that, that has kind of been ever since I was 14, that's, I mean, truly constantly seeking that place, that assurance, that peace from hearing the inner voice of God, that audible voice, just constantly trying to return back to that. And so I think because of that longing, because of the taste and see, um, it's just birthed this life of, of prayer in me. Um, and so a lot of times, like if we were praying before service or I'm in a prayer circle or we're having, it's, I'm all about the, I'm all about praying audibly and being in that presence. But a lot of time there's stuff happening inside of me that it's hard to get beyond that because yeah. <laughs> I'm having, it's just this like, um, 
yeah, just meeting with the Lord and just trying to constantly be out of that place, no matter where I am. So sometimes it's hard to get out of that inner conversation into what's happening, especially in a focused moment of prayer. Because there's this background conversation going on. It'd be like if somebody else else came in and started to talk to us right now, we'd be like, uh. (laughs) Hold on, we, this is is us. This is what we're doing. And so instead of, um, instead of always kind of forcing that thing, allowing me to be in the presence of God and allowing that to be the prayer um, and allowing that to be the focus. And sometimes there's a thing where the Lord's like, Hey, you should, you should pray that thing. Yeah. That little, pe- that little piece. That's for the moment. That's for, that's the out loud. That's thing. the time. That's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what does discipleship then look like for this inner dialogue? Mm. How has growing in that affected that inner place? Yeah, man, what a good question. Um, I think a majority of discipleship of listening for the voice of God and and hearing God has been a lot of, um, you know, my sheep hear my voice and a lot of that understanding and being like, okay, that makes, that makes me a a viable listener. (laughs) I'm, if I'm following Jesus, that makes me a sheep. He is the shepherd. I am a clear, I'm a clear, I can clearly do it. (laughs) (laughs) And so that permission, I'm qualified, that permission, that piece. Um, And then just, um, I think seeking relationship with others that are seeking the voice of God Um, and having dialogue, having moments. What's fun for like on Tuesdays when we have our, our prayer time, there's awful, awesome. Usually there is a kind of a debrief moment Mm. that's either planned or unplanned. I don't know. It's usually just kind of, Hey, how's that? How, how did you encounter God? You know, is this experience? We just had this hour long experience together. What happened? Right. Yeah. (laughs) And kind of dialoguing with one another. And I feel like that's the, that's the, that's that discipleship Mm. piece where we're hearing, Oh man, that's, I had that same sense. The peace of God was in the room. The Lord was, was talking to me about the peace of God. And so as I'm saying that, I'm talking to another about that and being like, oh man, okay, cool. So we were interacting in the same place and it's almost like this atmosphere of when God inhabits the praises of his people, when he comes into the room, he gives us, he gives us kind of a puzzle, you know, that we're piecing together. We all have a little piece and some of the pieces look a lot alike and they're right next to each other. And some of the pieces are on the far border yeah. <laughs> of the puzzle, but we all are like, oh, we're trying, we're piecing it together. And, um, and that's a really fun, it's just a really fun practice. And so in, in my discipleship of my, with people who have gone before me, um, it's a lot of time asking questions in those regards of, hey, this is what I'm hearing the Lord say, or this is what I'm experiencing in this prayer moment. And what are you experiencing or what else is going on? And just kind of allowing the, the tradition and those who've gone before the saints who've gone before just to encourage whether it's in text or in person. Um, I think we learn a lot from, you know, you're like, was it, you know, St. John of the cross, you know, all yeah. these, these cool, these cool old, old 
dudes that are just wise, full of wisdom, that spent their whole lives just trying to listen to God. And I'm contrasting that with those first years you had where you knew you'd heard God, but then you were in this vacuum after that yeah. with nothing to help with. Yeah. So who from the past is encouraging you right now, aside mm. from St. John of the Cross? Oh, man. Um, I uh, So before Brock came over here to All Saints, mm. he, uh, he had kind of this, uh, we had a ragtag group of like college age kids uh, over at Crestwood Vineyard. And um, he was kind of half trying out some of his classroom stuff and half kind of rebirthing things in his heart at the same time. And um, I actually, I'll, I'll probably be emotional about this because, and I've, and he knows this, but um, yeah, he handed me a copy of the Orthodox way and um I think it, uh, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's mm. me crying because I'm emotional. But, um, and I think it saved my walk with Jesus. Wow. Um, and it was timing. It was very much so timing where I, at this time, I'm, so now I'm, I'm 31. So I've kind of crossed over into the 30 threshold, which I am so thankful for. <laughs> I think I was 20, I was probably 24 or 25. Mm. And, um, disillusionment was hitting me really hard Um, because I think I was getting a lot of my energy from accolade, um, a lot of my energy from uh, the encouragement of others and really not fully on the Lord. I mean, I was spending a lot of tons of time in the word and tons of time with the Lord, but there's always that counterfeit Thing that we seek this approval and we seek these other things. And I definitely was doing that. And the, and the Lord used Brock, gave me the orthodox way. And I just realized like, oh, I'm so, I'm wired so differently. <laughs> like I'm wired for this mystery and this difference. And I mean, there's so much in that book. Like I'm wired for an experience within our larger context of the church um, that is so much bigger than this little piece that I've been given. Like I've Mm. been, my experience has been this little orb, this little ball and just realizing like in the midst of church history and, and the saints who have gone before in these different streams, like there's the vastness of God and the history of his people is like so huge. (laughs) And I think I was, I was finding this encouragement um, in those who have gone before that some of these struggles, some of these challenges aren't unique to me. Like they're unique to the promises of Jesus, <laughs> mm. <laughs> like the picking up your cross daily. Yeah. Like these aren't, that's not a unique curse that's been put on Liam. It's, and it's not even a curse at all. It's actually the, the Jesus says, we're going to experience these trials and tribulations and hardships. We need to pick up our cross daily. We need to seek him. But I was kind of just, um, I was just playing the game wrong. <laughs> I think is a, is a good way to put mm. it. Or I was playing the game in a way that wasn't working anymore. Because it was contrary to what you said of how you were made. Exactly. And who you are. I was going against the stream. 
I was going to, and then realizing like, oh, Jesus doesn't want me to swim upstream. <laughs> he wants me to ride the waves, like mm-hmm. be in the waves of the inland. So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, striving, I think, in that season that just kind of fell off. And I realized like, oh, this is, this is all about meeting with Jesus. That's the, I mean, we had that what a great prayer time yesterday. I don't know when this yeah. is going to come out, but we had, <laughs> I, I got wrecked. You, if you watch back this prayer set from this was May, like, I was undone May by God. May 10th, probably. May 10th, yeah. The May 10th prayer set. Yeah, oh. You can find it, I think, on YouTube. On YouTube. And I just got undone being reminded again of this reality of like, Jesus is the whole story. Mm. <laughs> it's the whole picture, the whole thing. Um, and it's not like Jesus plus Jesus onto something. I don't follow Jesus because Jesus say like just because he saved me. It's that's, or this, like, I'm not going to hell. That's the reason right. I'm following. You know, there's this, that thing where it's like, actually there's so much more and it's found in the God man. Yeah. <laughs> like there's and so I, much more. And we ended up at this space as part of the prayer set where Jesus is the end goal. Yeah. There's no other goal. That's the end goal. Yeah. Yeah. How does that intersect with the fog that you mm. described around you these days? <laughs> Man, what a good question. Um, my, my wife asked me the other day, we were driving and she asked me a very good spiritual director mm-hmm. question. <laughs> because uh, she is because one. Because she is one. Yeah. She goes, are you in a season of consolation or desolation? Ah, that's a very good spiritual director question. Okay. Thanks for directing me, Emily. And what you Um, can't see is that Liam just rolled his (laughs) eyes there. (laughs) Okay. I'll be directed, you know, um, constantly unintentionally directed. I'm actually incredibly thankful for her discernment. And um, I think a lot of things around me scream consolation. The simplicity of my life the things I, I have work, there's things to, to do. I am, um, yeah, I'm incredibly blessed by the kindness of the Lord in this season. Um, but there's, I'm dissatisfied with, um, I'm dissatisfied with my identity, I think previous to this season of my life, I had a trajectory. Um, I was going, I was on this path and it was everybody around me could point at it and be like, yeah, that's obviously the path. That's obviously the destination. And I think the Lord said, well, do you want that thing or do you want me? Not saying that that thing is bad. Right. Not saying that he wouldn't have been there because I think he would have been present in this whole journey. But I felt like I needed to le- I needed to take the road less traveled. Like the mm-hmm. invitation of Jesus was into the wilderness. It wasn't deeper into whatever that path was. The really obvious. The really thing. obvious thing. Yeah. This is the thing. This is obviously a thing. I felt... Jesus was saying, I'm 
going here and I invite you to go here. You can keep going there and I will love you because that's the kindness of the Lord. But I'm going to go here. And so I had to make a really, I had to make a really, I had to choose. I had to be very choosy. And, um, and so I chose Jesus. And so we've been walking through this deep, thick jungle wilderness where I can barely see the next step. And I don't know what, I know my identity in Christ. I know right. that identity. I know who Jesus is. I know who I am as a son of God. Those pieces are set in stone. I'm good with those. But beyond that, what is it to be um, a working member of society? Uh, what is it to be a, like, a, par- a part of a church community and not necessarily a core centric member of the staff. So getting to kind of like sit on the back row. I mean, I do, I lead worship obviously, but I don't necessarily, I'm not, and I'm not in the inner conversations all but the time. But that's not your job. And you that's do not something my job. else during the week. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I have other work. And so figuring out these, um, these things that were really clean, <laughs> clean and cut. Uh, this is what you do. This is why you're doing it. This is who you are. And, um, so yeah, I'm almost, uh, it's almost an identity crisis for yeah. me. And so that is, that's kind of the fog to kind of define that fog. And so going with that, how does like Jesus being the main thing interact with the fog? It's my, um, I mean, it's the deepest hope and roots that I have. It's the, it's the clearest it's the only clear thing in the fog. It's like <laughs> the clarity has moved from the outside, that path, yeah. to the, the inside, inside. Yeah. where the Jesus part is clear, yeah. and now the outside is Just a foggy, just a bunch of... Just fog. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that really is an experience of consolation and desolation yeah. at, at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah. And I get the feeling you're in this place of continual choosing. Mm-hmm. Like you made a choice to go off road, but it's a continual choosing to stay there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's not only like a continual choosing to stay there, but um, it's almost like, so I think some people can relate to this feeling, but it's almost like Jesus was like, what do you want to do? <laughs> I was like, what, do you, what do you mean? What do I want to do? What do you want to do? Like that's, that's been my whole life. It's like, I'm turning to you, Jesus. Not Jesus is like, what do you, what do you want to do? And it's like bizarre. It's so, yeah. it's such a bizarre because it's the, the, the script is flipped entirely. Right. Um, yeah. And I think we, you know, I don't, I don't know if I have a reference to how that works in scripture. <laughs> you know, I couldn't point at, I don't have any, anything to say. Here's the scripture for Jesus when Jesus saying, saying what do you do? yeah, Jesus, what do you want to do? <sighs> I remember when he asked me that question <laughs> and I sat with it for a long time because I had no idea. I don't know. <laughs> it was a long time. Well, we're just going to keep, I'm going to just keep swimming, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. keep moving 
I'm going to keep stepping and keep breathing and hoping in you and being present in today. And you're answering the question in the sense of, okay, well, I don't know the pathway answer to mm-hmm. it, but I do know I'm looking for you. Yeah. That's what I want to do. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's really, I mean, truly, I've sold, I mean, I've sold everything. <laughs> um, and I want to keep selling everything and going, this is, this is yours. I'm yours. I have a, the prayer room chorus that I think probably came to life I, probably seven years ago, eight years ago, that comes up pretty regularly for me. And it's this, um, take it, you can have it, uh, take it, you can have it all. And it's this, it's my surrender. It's like my surrender chorus. And that's one I've saying weeping and yelling and yeah. frustrated. It's one I've saying in complete surrender and joy. It's, it's one I've saying in sorrow. It's, you know, it's like all of this all over the, I've sang it so many different ways. Um, what keeps you continuing to sing it instead of giving up on it? I think it's the, I think it's my big thing. Mm. I think it's my, I think it's the major work in me. I think it's fun to be one body, many parts, and we all yeah. bring these things together. But I think a lot of times we can look at that one body, many parts and go, here's all the good things we bring to the table. But it's also one body, many parts that bring ailments and hardships and our experiences. And those things are also coming yeah. to, into the mix. Um, and so as much as it's like, here's all, here's all the great things <laughs> that I offer. It's like, I'm also coming in with years of stuff that I've been working through and working on and, um, some of those things have been completely flushed out and, and washed away, but some of those things are still prevalent and present and in process, in process. Yeah. I think that's a gift though, for us, as we tell these stories to offer to each other, to yeah. say, we are not at the end of a pathway. Right. Right. We're just this little cul-de-sac surrounded by fog. And sometimes we get to meet each other and Jesus there. there. Yeah. That's so good. It's true. And that's, I, I mean, what better reason to need yeah. one another? <laughs> There's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you can come up with a better reason than to be like, Hey, are you still human? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still human. Are you still choosing? Are you still choosing? <laughs> are you still I, trying to find Jesus? Cause I am yeah. too. And this is what it looks like for me on today. Like today. Right. And, and here's this, here's the stuff that's coming up in me and can you help me? (laughs) Please help me. (laughs) Please come with me on this journey. Thanks for doing it, being here with me. And so. Mm, That's a gift. Well, Liam, thank you so much (laughs) for sharing this place of the journey. Absolutely. With us. Absolutely. Um, Liam mentioned the book, The Orthodox Way, and if you want to find it, we have it in our resource center out here at All Saints. You can pick it up on a Sunday morning and see it there. And I think I'm also going to link to that uh, prayer set because we ended up singing and praying through famine and wilderness and slavery and desolation Mm -hmm. all the way to the end point of Jesus. And it was, there was some deep goodness there. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Honored and humbled. Yeah. And 
I think I'm going to close by saying, Liam, would you pray for a person who might be listening who's at the point you were back when Brock handed you that book? Oof. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your nearness. We thank you for your constant friendship. Today, Lord, I pray for those longing for something bigger or greater in a tradition that feels like the walls are closing in. Holy Spirit, would you come meet them with your vastness, with your fullness, and with your bigness. Encounter them with your glory today, that you are the God that created the cosmos. There is nothing greater, nothing bigger than your vastness. Holy Spirit, would you invite them into your bigness, into your greatness, and into following you and the mysteries that come therein. And we pray for saints, friends, people to surround those individuals, to encourage them to continue with this race that is a marathon, is not a sprint. We thank you for your love, your kindness, and your bigness, God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for today's episode of Kingdom Life. If you'd like to learn more about All Saints Community Church, visit us at allsaintsokc.org or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at ASCCOKC.